What's up, tribe? This is Coach Nadine. I'm going to be going over your weekly group class programming for Monday, July 4th through Saturday, July 9th. So let's just jump right in. Monday, July 4th, that is Independence Day, so we are going to be closed. I hope you guys have a great day and are doing something fun. So Tuesday, July 5th is going to be our first workout of the week. This day, we are going to have kind of an endurance slash steady state type of workout. Um, It is going to be five rounds straight through of 26 jumping chin-ups, 24 single dumbbell alternating lunges, 22 alternating arm dumbbell hang clean and press, and 20 Saturn ring crunches with a 20-minute time cap. So I'm going to go over each movement a little bit more in detail. So the 26 jumping chin-ups with the chin-ups, you're going to have the palms facing toward you on that. And I do want you guys to have just a slight bend in the knee when you go to start this movement. So with the jumping chin-up, the hands are going to be on a chin- on a pull-up bar with the palms facing toward you, like I said. And then the arms start fully extended with a slight bend in the knee. That slight bend is just going to allow you to actually get the jump to actually go up into that chin up, chin comes over the bar, and then when you lower back down, the arms are fully extended at the bottom knees bend. So you lower back down into that starting position and then go into that next rep. Um, With the jumping chin ups, what I want you guys to focus on with this is, yes, you're jumping, but you should still be controlling it up, controlling it back down. Um, and that you are getting that chin over every single time. A lot of times when we kind of go through this, we either get tired and we kind of don't get that chin all the way over, or when we come down, we don't actually fully extend and we kind of start uh, shortchanging that movement and trying to speed it up. Don't do that because you're really not going to get the benefit of the movement and you're not going to actually have it be hitting the back um, if you start kind of trying to shortening up that, that movement. Um, moving on to the single dumbbell alternating lunges. So you're going to have one dumbbell and you can hold it any way that you want. The only way that I would say not to hold it is by kind of resting it on the shoulder and taking the hand off of the dumbbell or off of the handle of the dumbbell. So a lot of times what we kind of do, because it's obviously easier, is we set the dumbbell resting on the shoulder. So the handle is on the shoulder and then we take the hand off of the dumbbell and kind of just cup the head of the dumbbell in front of us. Um, Don't do that because you're kind of taking out the core stability portion of the lunge that we want to be getting in that position. So if you are going to put it on the shoulder, put it in a front rack position where you have the head of the dumbbell on the shoulder, your hand is on the handle, and then the other part of the dumbbell, the other head of the dumbbell is in front of you like it would be for like a front squat. That's gonna kick in the core a lot more. Um, and that's what we want out of that specific that position specifically. You can also hold it in a goblet by kind of letting the head of the dumbbell sit in the palm of the hands, or you can hold both heads of the dumbbell up at the chest. Um, and those are probably the two ways that I would suggest doing it. You can also hold it on the side and then switch about halfway through to the other hand. So any of those ways are totally fine um, for holding the dumbbell and you can switch through the 24 reps if you need to. Um, with those 20 alternating dumbbell hang clean and press. So that's the next movement after the lunges. You are, like it says, going to be alternating arms. So you can't do like 11 on one arm and 11 on the other arm. You are going to alternate every single time. And you can either bring the dumbbell from inside of the legs or you can bring it from outside of the legs. The leg, again, with the hang position, it is going to be coming from right above the knee or around mid thigh. So you're not coming from the floor on this and you do have to clean it up and then press it up overhead. So it's two separate movements. You can't just go into a snatch up overhead. You do have to do a clean and then you can either do a strict press or a push press. But like I said, the two movements do need to be separate. 
All right, last movement is the Saturn ring crunches. This is gonna be a little bit of a newer movement. Most of you guys probably haven't done this one and it'll make a lot more sense when we explain it in class, um, but I'll try my best to explain it now. So basically what you're gonna be doing is you will be on the ground on your back and you're going to start with kind of both legs extended and the arms are gonna kind of be in front of you and then the shoulders are up off of the ground. Ideally, you would like to be able to keep both legs hovering off of the ground the entire time. Um, and I'll go over that a little bit more in detail. So again, to start the movement, you are gonna bring one knee in and you are going to hold that knee in. So there's 20 reps of this and it's gonna be 10 on one side and 10 on the other side. So you are not alternating reps and you are gonna have an object in your hand. It can be a weighted object or really a not weighted object. So a weighted object could be like a dumbbell, a kettlebell, a slam ball, anything like that. A non-weighted object could be like a yoga block or a foam roller or a lacrosse ball or something. Just any type of thing that, that you can hold that doesn't have a lot of weight to it. So again, one knee is going to be in at about 90 degrees. So when you crunch up, what I mean by crunch up is you're going to crunch up with the core and the shoulders are gonna come further up off the ground. You're gonna have that object in one hand and as you crunch up, you are going to pass it under or through um, the knee, not like directly through the knee, but around the leg um, to the other hand. And then when you come back down with the core, you're gonna bring it back to the other hand. So again, when you crunch up, you're passing it from one hand to the other. And then when you come back down, you're gonna pass it from the hand that you just passed it to, to the other hand. And you're gonna do that 10 times on one side, and then you are gonna switch up the legs, switch up whichever arm is, hold, or whichever hand is initially holding that object. And then you're gonna do 10 on the other side. This will make a lot more sense when we demo it in class, um, but this is a really great oblique and core movement overall. I used to do this a lot when I did Pilates like years ago in college. Um, and I had like a love-hate relationship with this movement, but um, you will feel your core on fire for sure with this one. All right, when we finish up that workout, we're gonna go into week four of our barbell hold progression. So this is the same exact progression that we did last week. So two sets of a one and a half minute hold, one and a half minute rest, and you're gonna repeat that two times. So if you know what weight you had used for the first two weeks for that barbell hold, then you want to ideally go up by 10 to 20 pounds on that. If you had trouble holding for a full minute and a half, say you were only able to hold like a minute or under on those first two weeks, then I would probably stick with the same weight and try and hold the full minute and a half and try, try and do that for both rounds. And then from there, we can progressively increase the weight as we go. You don't wanna increase the weight when you already can't hold that amount of time. So we wanna try and get that grip strength stronger and then go ahead and increase the weight. If you did this last week and this was your first time doing a barbell hold and say you felt the weight was a little too easy, sometimes we're not really sure what to do, so we take it a little conservative at first um, just to kind of feel out the movement. But if you did this for the first time last week and the weight that you used was a little too light, then go ahead and increase by 10 to 20 pounds um, this week. All right, moving on to Wednesday, this is July 6th. So we have our sprint workout for the week. It is gonna be every three minutes for 15 minutes. Um, you are going to do five box pike walkouts, and then once you finish that up, you are going to go directly into a 150 meter sprint at 100% effort. Whatever time is left of the three minutes, you get to rest. So with the box pike, with the box pike walkouts, the feet are ideally going to be elevated up on a box, and the movement starts with the hands walked in toward the box. So you're in that pike position to start with the shoulders stacked over the hands. 
you're going to take at minimum four steps out. So two steps with each hand, one, two, three, four, out to kind of almost a high plank position. And then four steps back in, one, two, three, four, back in toward the box. That is gonna be one rep. You are gonna do that five times. Once you finish that up, the 100, the 150 meter sprint is gonna be out the big bay door. Once you run out the big bay door, you're gonna take a left into the parking lot, a left at the end of the parking lot or the end of the building, and then run back to the back stairs um, toward the back corner of the gym, and then whatever time is left, you get to rest. So that is gonna be your 150 meter distance. We've done this before and run out the back way first, but this time you're just running out the side bay door and then running back around to the back of the building. Um, and then, like I said, whatever time is left, you get to rest. The box pike walkouts are not necessarily a cardio movement, but because you are in a pike position, you are going to be kind of constricting the core and the breathing a little bit. So it will spike the heart rate just a little bit, but it won't spike it to the point that you won't be able to give 100% effort on that sprint. And it is going to fatigue the shoulders. You're going to have the legs. The legs are the main mover in the sprint. So it really shouldn't affect that too, too much. You should have enough time to be able to rest because again, you're going into an arm and a core movement first and then going into a leg heavy movement with the sprint. Ideally, if you can maintain consistent times across all of your rounds, so finish that sprint or finish each round um, at similar times, that would be the goal to aim for. All right, when we finish that up, we are gonna go into week four of our goblet squat and kettlebell swing progression. So still just doing two sets of a one minute max rep kettlebell goblet squat at a 2-2 x1 tempo so you guys have been doing this one if you've been here for these days so it's going to be two second controlled all the way down two second pause at the bottom explode up one second pause at the top and you're using the same weight that you used for um for warrior day if you've been using the same weight and it feels pretty good for these, we can go ahead and increase the weight this week um, if you're able to maintain the tempo consistently. So if you're able to maintain the tempo, the 2-2-X1 tempo consistently with the weight that you used for Warrior Day without a tempo, then go ahead and increase the weight this week. If we get ourselves accustomed to performing a movement at a heavier load with a tempo, it's going to feel a thousand times easier when we go to perform it without tempo and especially if we go to perform it with a lighter weight so just base it on how it feels um, and increase weight if you feel as though you're able to and that you can still maintain the tempo and full range of motion across all of the reps once you finish up the kettlebell goblet squats there's going to be no rest you're going to go right into an, a max unbroken set of russian kettlebell swings and for this one i would say still stick with the same weight that you used for warrior day and just focus on good solid movement patterns good salad hinging mechanics on that and just making sure that you are getting the drive from the glute and the hamstrings and you're not getting the drive just from the hips or the arms or anything like that and then you're going to rest two minutes or until full recovery at the end of each round it's just two sets of that all right moving on to thursday this is july 7th so we have a more explosive or power-based workout for uh today it is going to be six minutes on two minutes off for a total of two rounds Round one, you are going to be climbing the ladder, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, etc., of barbell snatches and box jumps. So beep goes off for the six minutes. You are going to do three barbell snatches, three box jumps, six barbell snatches, six box jumps, nine barbell snatches, nine box jumps, and then keep going up 12, 12, 15, 15, 18, 18, etc., until the six minutes is up. Once the six minutes is up, you're going to make a note of how far you got. And then you're going to rest two minutes. And then for the next six minute window, you are going to do all of the reps that you completed 
in the reverse order and the goal would be to finish all of them in under six minutes. So for example, if you got through the round of 15 and you were three reps out of the round of 18 into the snatches, so you got 15, up to 15 snatches, 15 box jumps, and then you got three snatches into the round of 18 and then the beep went off, you are going to do three snatches to start and then you're going to do 15 box jumps, 15 snatches, 12 box jumps, 12 snatches, nine, nine, six, six, three, three, um, and then if you finish under the six minutes, then you are done. So again, you are going to start with whatever number reps you completed to finish up that round, even if you didn't, uh, to finish up round one, even if you didn't complete a full set, you're just going to complete whatever you did last and then go back down the ladder in the reverse order. So for the second round, the first movement in the round is going to be the box jumps. The first round in round one is the snatches. This sounds confusing. It'll make a lot more sense in class when you guys come and we explain it a little bit more. These snatches are written for a barbell. They do not need to be done with a barbell. You can do them with um, dumbbells. You can do them with kettlebells. You could do a plate ground to overhead, whatever you feel most comfortable with and the safest with. Um, and if you feel good with the barbell and you're pretty comfortable with the snatch, you can do either a muscle snatch or a power snatch. If you've never done a power snatch, this is not the day to do it, especially when you're trying to move quickly through the workout. So stick with just a muscle snatch if that's what you're more comfortable with. And then again, for the weight, that's the one other thing I wanted to address. For the weight for the snatches, I would stick with something that's fairly light. Um, this is You're going to feel a lot of probably fatigue on the hips and the explosive drive of the hips and the legs and even on the shoulders too with the snatches coming up overhead. Um, so you want to still be able to move the weight well even when those muscle groups and those movement patterns kind of start to fatigue. So like I said, I wouldn't go super heavy on this. I would stay with something fairly light that you can still cycle for uh, larger sets um, consistently under fatigue. Box jump height, I would stick with your regular box jump height, something that you're pretty comfortable with that you can jump on, step off, and go right back into that next rep. All right, once we finish that up, we are going to go into week four of our dumbbell Z press and ring row progression. So this is the exact same thing that we did last week. So three sets of 12 unbroken dumbbell Z presses, no rest, directly into 12 unbroken ring rows. And then you're going to rest 45 seconds in between the sets. So again, the reps do need to be unbroken. So we're not doing like eight reps of the Z press, putting it down, thinking about how hard it is, and then going back up for the next four reps. You do need to do those 12 unbroken. Ideally, if we can go up in weight from what we used for the sets of 15 on weeks one and two, that would be the good goal to aim for. But it can be really difficult to go up in weight with something like a strict press, a Z press, anything like that, just because it is attacking um, just like such specific muscle groups. You can usually make bigger jumps in weight with the legs, but not necessarily so much with the upper body. So if you can't increase weight from that set of 15, then I would add a tempo or a hold um, on the set of 12. So for example, if you use 15 pound dumbbells for the sets of 15 and you can't go up to 20, 20 is too heavy and you can't go um, and you can't do sets of 12 unbroken, then use 15 pounds for this and then add either like a two second eccentric down from the top or a two second hold at the top. And I would just make it just a, just slightly more difficult by adding in that tempo or that hold, and that'll kick in a little bit more of that 
strength aspect that we're looking for um, with the movement. And then with the ring rows, if you know or kind of have an idea of what body angle you were at for the set of 15, the goal would be to get a, l- a little bit more challenging on the body angle. And by doing that, you would just walk the feet just a little bit more underneath the rings. The more underneath the rings or the more parallel you are to the ground or closer to parallel you are with the ground, the tougher it's going to be because you have to pull more of your body weight up. If you're a little bit more elevated, you don't have to pull quite as much up. So that is how you can um, progress that movement with this. And again, the rings do need to touch the chest every single time. If we're not getting the rings to touch, then you have to walk the feet back because then you're not getting full range of motion on that. All right. Moving on to Friday, this is July 8th. So we have a little bit more of a kind of steady state workout for the week. You will get the heart rate up, but it's not going to be through the roof like a sprint workout or something like that. So it's going to be five minutes on, minute and a half off for three rounds. Every five minute window, you have a buy-in of a 400 meter run. And that should be taking around a minute 45 to like 215, I would say. If you can't run, you can bike or row, but regardless of what you're doing, should be taking around a minute 45 to 215. Um, So you are gonna start the five minutes with a 400 meter run. Once you finish that up with whatever time is left of the five minutes, it should be about three minutes, you are gonna go through as many rounds and reps as you can of eight pike push-ups. 10 American kettlebell swings, and 12 hanging scissor leg raises. Once you finish that up or once the five minutes goes off, you're going to stop where you are, make a note of where you are in the triplet, and then for that next round, you're going to start again with that 400-meter run or that biker row, whatever you're doing, and then when you finish that up, you're going to pick up where you left off. So for example, on that first round, say you got through one full round and then you were eight kettlebell swings into the set of 10, On that second round, you are gonna do the run, and then when you come back in from the run, you're gonna finish nine, 10 on the kettlebell swings, go into the scissor leg raises, and then back rotating through that as many times as you can. Um, And you're gonna do the same exact thing for that third round as well. So I'm gonna explain these movements a little bit more just because some of them are a little bit different. So with those pike push-ups, we did these probably a couple months ago, I believe it was a Saturday class. Um, If you were here, you might remember them. Um, But essentially with the pike push-up, is you are going to have the feet elevated up on a box and ideally you want to start as close as you can to like that pike position that you would for a box pike walkout so you may not have the hands in as far as you would for a box pike walkout but they should be walked in just slightly and then when you go down into that push-up you want to think about kind of driving the head forward so it is in front of the hands and the elbows should be at about 90 degrees when you're in the bottom of that push-up. So again, the forehead is going to touch the ground and the elbows are gonna be at about 90 degrees and the forehead is in front of the hands. Then you are going to press yourself up and as you press yourself up and lock the elbows out, you're gonna push the head through the hands or through the shoulders and that is going to be one rep. This is going to make a lot more sense when you guys see it in class and there's a lot of different ways that we can modify this. So the toughest variation would be having your feet on like a 20 inch box or a 24 inch box. The next variation would be having the feet um, a little bit lower and doing more of like a feet elevated push up. And then the next variation would be having the feet on the ground, starting in more of a pike position. So you're in more of like that triangle position. And then again, driving the body forward and then driving yourself back up, pushing the head through the shoulders or through the hands on the way up. Um, If all of those movements are a little bit too challenging, then we can obviously still just stick with a regular push-up and just make that movement a little bit tougher. If you're used to doing 
regular or you're used to doing knee push-ups, but you can do a few really solid regular push-ups, um, then we can go with regular push-ups and drop the reps down. If you're able to do, um, if you usually like doing ring push-ups, then we can just drop the rings down a little bit to make that a little bit tougher. So there's a lot of different ways that we can modify this movement if needed, and we'll go all over all of that in class. With the American kettlebell swings, you're bringing that kettlebell all the way up overhead. We've been doing a lot of Russian swings. This one, you're going just a little bit higher um, to get that full range of motion with the kettlebell. And then with those hanging scissor leg raises. So this is a newer one. So we are going to be hanging from a pull-up bar. And then you're gonna start with the legs fully extended and I do want the feet just slightly in front of that bar just so then you are maintaining constant tension on the core. Instead of bringing the knee up, you are going to try and keep the legs straight and bring it out in front. So again, one leg is still fully extended and you're just raising one leg straight out in front and then you're going to lower it back down with control. As you get to the bottom with that, you are gonna raise the other leg up and then lower that back down. So it's very similar to the alternating leg hanging knee raises that we've been doing. Just the only difference is that we are um, doing it with straight legs. If that's a little bit too challenging, then we can obviously still just go into those alternating hanging knee raises or hanging knees to chest. And if we're someone that can't hang from the bar, then I would go into an alternating V up or an alternating tuck up. And that would be a good option for this. All right, when we finish that up, we are gonna go into week four of our yoga block plank progression. So same thing we did last week, two minute hold, one and a half minute rest, one and a half minute hold, one minute rest, one minute hold, and then you are done. So the goal would be to try and hold for the entire duration. If you start to feel like your position is breaking down, trying the best you can to correct that position. Um, and then you do want to feel a little bit of a shake in the abs, shake in the shoulders, and be able to try and push past that the best you can. All right. Moving on to Saturday, July 9th. This is the last day of the week. So we are going to be finishing off the week with um, kind of a power explosive workout again. So this time it's going to be just 10 minutes and you're just going to be rotating through three movements as many times as you can. So we have eight dumbbell thrusters, six heavy ball slams, and four press up to plank burpees. So with the dumbbell thrusters, that is your squat to a press up and you're going to have the dumbbells sitting up on the shoulders. There's only eight of these. You do want to be able to reach full range of motion every single time, but eight isn't a whole lot of rep whole lot of reps to do all at once they should be unbroken every single time but you might be able to go slightly heavier on this than maybe what you would use for like a set of 15 for dumbbell thrusters again whatever weight you choose you should still be able to get full range of motion with the squat going down and you should still be able to lock out the arms overhead and be able to control those dumbbells so just take that into consideration as you're trying out different weights with those heavy ball slams, there are only six of them. So if you are someone that usually uses like a 25 pound slam ball, definitely try using a 30 or even if you're used to using a 20, you could probably even go up to a 30 pound slam ball on this. Really challenge yourself with this movement just because like I said, there's not a lot of reps. So you can probably use something a little bit heavier than what you're used to. Try and get out of your comfort zone just a little bit with this. And then those four press up to plank burpees is just a regular burpee. We're just focusing on refining that technique a little bit and making them a little bit more efficient and a little bit safer on the back. So again, when you lower down into that burpee, you want to think about dropping the chest down first. This doesn't mean that you're going to head dive into the floor, but instead of going hips first and kind of getting this arch type of thing going on or this um, kind of like, yeah, this like archy type of thing going on where you're dropping the hips, hips first, getting this excessive arch and then dropping the chest. We want to try about bring, try thinking about bringing the chest down first. And by thinking about that, we should be able to 
be able to bring pretty much the whole body down together. When you drop down, you want to think about almost absorbing yourself into the ground. So not just flopping on the ground and ramming your head into the ground. You want to think about absorbing yourself into the ground. And then when you come up, you want to think about going into like a bottoms up push up and then ending in a plank. So when you come up from that, everything comes up together in the top of a push-up or the top of a plank, jump the feet forward to replace the hands, and then a small hop at the top. And there are only four of these. Um, if you're someone that when you come up from that push-up, you can't come up into a full plank without letting that back kind of arch, then drop the knees down, come up into like the top of a knee push-up, then bring the knees off the ground into the top of a plank, and then jump the feet forward. If you're someone that um can't jump we can do a step back burpee so step back lower down step forward and then jump up and we can even make these into a little bit more of a strict burpee too if you're someone that just the impact of dropping down or the impact of jumping is just really tough on the body then we can do a step back lower down into a push-up come up and then step forward and that would be more of like a strict burpee once you finish up those press up to plank burpees, you're gonna go right back to the top with those dumbbell thrusters, and you're gonna rotate through this as many times as you can. The heart rate should get pretty high on this. You only have 10 minutes. You wanna try and move as fast as you can. Again, it's not a sprint, but you should feel like you're moving out of your comfort zone. It should feel like it's really not sustainable for any longer than 10 minutes. When we finish that up, we're gonna go into week four of our strict pull-up and push-up progression. So we are going every two minutes for 12 minutes, so a total of three sets each. Intervals one, three, and five. Again, it's a two-minute window. You are going to do as many unbroken push-ups as you can. Once you finish up that unbroken set, you're gonna rest the remainder of the two minutes. So again, an unbroken set means that you are not taking your hands off the ground, the hips don't touch the ground, you're not resting at all. It's just as many as you can do um, in one set. And then, like I said, whatever time is left, you get to rest. And then on the intervals two, four, and six, you were doing a max unbroken set of strict pull-ups. So again, as many as you can do, full range of motion without coming off of that pull-up bar. Um, and then just the standards for both of them. Like I said, on the push-up, we don't want the hips to touch the ground at all. We want ideally for the chest to touch the ground every single time. I know some of you guys, if you get that chest to touch the ground, even on a knee push-up, um, we have a lot of trouble coming up when we start getting this arching in the back. If that's the case, then try and get the elbows to about 90 degrees and have that chest hover, hold for a second, and then explode up from there. Um, and that's a way that we can still get the benefit of the push-up um, without kind of overdoing our range of motion, if that makes sense. Um, and then again, elbows are going to lock out fully at the top. We want to try and get a little bit of a scap protraction, so a little bit of a rounding of the upper back. That'll help kick in that serratus anterior. This is kind of around the ribs, and it'll assist in um, push-ups and all of your pec movements. And that's um, by kind of getting a little bit of that scap protraction, we're kicking in that muscle just a little bit. With those strict pull-ups, again, starting from a dead hang with the feet off of the ground, Pulling up, getting that chin all the way over, and then controlling that back down. When we pull up, we want to keep this as strict as possible so we're not flailing or kicking the legs or getting this nasty cranking with the neck where we feel like our head is going to fall off. So trying to keep the head in a neutral position the best we can. When we pull up, that chin should just be sitting pretty much right over that pull-up bar and then control that back down to full extension. All right, guys, that is our week. If you guys have questions, please just reach out to either Andrew or I and we can answer them. And we look forward to seeing you guys this week.